evening, Henry Harris. Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. Today's topic, I'm Still Stuck. What Should I Do? Let's begin with our overview. We are speaking now about the spiritual foundations of mental health as opposed to foundations of one's, the foundations of one's health being based in something in this world, circumstances going the right way, uh, having the right childhood, having the right relationships, doing the right actions, all of those being, so to speak, the basis of my well-being. No, that's not true. We have a tendency to look around. I have a tendency to look around and take a pulse. How am I doing? How am I feeling? Am I having uh, chronic distress, chronic negative feelings? Oh, that's an indication that there is something wrong, something not healthy, something missing in my foundation. And in my humble opinion, that is a mistake. It's a mistake to view, to measure my well-being, the basis of my well-being by how am I feeling? What are my moods? Is the overall average mood good? Then I'm, I guess I'm good and healthy. And if not, then there's something wrong. Now, obviously, I prefer uh, more, more consistent, warm, and um, optimistic feelings and moods. But I've come to understand that the presence of persistent difficult moods is not a problem. It's not an indication of a problem. It's simply an indication of a type of uh, of kind of how what's the now look like? What's this now look like? What's this now look like? We are experiencing a divine life feed. A divine life feed is what's enabling everything in this world to go. There is no power. There is no energy. There is no sustained uh, existence or reality without this divine live flow. And that's, that's true for everything. And it's true for my psychological experience. And what's fascinating is that even as that's true, I possess the gift of choice and free will. I, get, I possess the capacity to acknowledge that truth, to see, to witness, to kind of watch. Whoa, look at that. My moods are moving. I'm feeling really warm and trusting right now. Oh, now I'm feeling quite distressed and, and uh, frustrated or uh, resentful or sad. Now, what's possible to kind of see here, and as I've expressed and I will continue to, mostly for my sake, um, we are here to discuss kind of a logic, a, a rationale, a certain basic kind of truth about the way the world works. We're kind of describing a spiritual gravity, or a psycho-spiritual gravity, you might say. The gravity is operating. Whether I'm aware of the gravity operating, it's still operating. If I'm not aware of the gravity operating, it's also operating. We're not looking to... Um, Directly, I don't know how to directly change my feelings and moods by using this understanding. I don't. Part of the understanding is itself a recognition. It's inclusive of the, of the basic idea that we are not in control over our feelings and moods, right? That's, that's the basis of, uh, that's a, a key kind of basis of this whole understanding um, is that we are not in control yet. There's a tremendous value to learning about this rationale, this logic. Tremendous, tremendous value to learning about it, to exploring it, to understanding 
its implications, being curious about how this understanding works, what is the truth about our psychological experience, there's tremendous value, first and foremost, because it is a pursuit of the truth. It is a pursuit of uh, a true understanding about how life works. In Jewish consciousness, this would be described as the commandment of emunah, the commandment of belief, of, of affirming belief in a single simple source, a creator. And the implications of that single simple source is not just for kind of the planetary movement, but it's the movement of everything. There is no movement without this energy that is enabling all of the physical to, to, to continue to, to maintain and continue. And that, that includes the flow that animates my mind. So there's a tremendous value to exploring this for its own sake, uh, even though it doesn't allow me, so to speak, a lever or a technique or a tool with which to change my moods. That's number one. Number two is, is that it's so normal that human beings kind of align with this truth, meaning we actually come to glimpse it. We come to await, we awaken to this truth. It's so normal that we could and should uh, awaken to this truth because we're receiving this divine flow at all times. It's not something that we have to learn how to receive. It's not something we have to learn how to um, be part of. We are. We're already part of it. it. It's so normal that we kind of awaken to it when our attention is is kind of attuned, when we're open, when we're curious. We'll see it, whether it happens during the course of our listening to a conversation like this, or whether it happens uh, sometime outside of this context, we get insights all the time. It is so normal for a human being to awaken to the idea that, whoa, I'm on the receiving end of new thought. I'm on the receiving end of new, uh, kind of new surges of feelings and, and moods and new ideas and new thoughts like they're just there's like this river flowing through me how about that and it's not related directly to the events around me it's not like the events and circumstances around me are are creating that river no there's a river there's a river flowing through me so to speak and that colors my experience it shapes my experience it really informs my experience and i get to see that i get to notice that when i do you know, when I do, on the uh, with the level of understanding that I can see it, I, I see it. And that's a meaningful, wonderful thing. You know, in that moment, first of all, the idea of getting a glimpse is a real blessing. There's a real kind of opening up. There's a real awareness of, our, of a sense of psychological freedom. Like, I'm really not beholden to the events and circumstances of, the, of this life. They're not powerful to shape my feelings and moods they don't they don't have the power and not to say it doesn't look like that it really does it really does look like they have the power to shape my feelings and moods and outlook uh at various times it really looks that way to me and yet i can acknowledge in, in some recognition well i know that that's not how it works right that's a really meaningful thing to do that that's a that's a home run to make that choice, no matter what feeling I'm feeling, uh, to, to acknowledge that inward choice is an extraordinary fulfillment of this commandment of Emuna. It's also a tremendous accomplishment in that it's a fulfillment of the commandment of not to believe in idols, not to ascribe power 
to things other than the single simple source. So there's really just so much power in learning about this logic and this rationale. Um, it's inherently worthwhile and it's impossible that it won't lead to seeing things, to understanding, to gaining recognition that I have an internal world that is, it's safe. There's all of these feelings, even though they hurt, even though they're, they're unpleasant to say the least at times, they're still safe. There's room in a world of a healthy, inside of the healthy world is also the truth of unpleasant feelings. There's no contradiction. The presence of persistent and difficult feelings is in no way a contradiction to the fact that this world is safe and good and I can be in it. I can be in this world. And then lo and behold, things move. You know, it's like I've heard this metaphor used before, the metaphor of a roller coaster, right? A roller coaster is uh, kind of a little bit of a metaphor for how I experience my life. I'm kind of going up, 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 up. Oh, what a beautiful view. It's so nice up here. Oh, such pleasant scenery and feels so airy and light and calm. And I'm just going click, 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 click up to the top of the roller coaster. And then all of a sudden, and it just kind of like careens downward to the point where like my, my stomach goes up into my throat. And I personally am not a big fan of roller coasters. I don't like the experience. I don't like that experience of like the just steep and furious descent into, you know, discomfort. Now, it would be, consider the idea, the metaphor of the roller coaster being like trying to fix the descent. You know, imagine, imagine you had an emergency brake in your roller coaster car and you could pull the brake. You could pull the brake on the way down. You're thinking to yourself, this is not going well. I got to stop this descent. And you were to, you know, throw the emergency brake back and everything were to come to a, you know, a, a kind of an abrupt halt. It, it would, it would look like it might be a good idea to do that, but really it's totally not necessary. The, it's painful. It's unpleasant for me personally. The roller coaster is not, <laughs> I don't enjoy that descent. Um, it's unpleasant, but I'm, I'm aware that it doesn't make sense. Even if I had the break, I wouldn't throw the break. In a sense, that's what's going on with people in their moods, with us in our moods, is that we get... We get a light and a trusting and nice mood, and we're thinking this is great. But you know, in the back of my mind, is this gonna? When's this gonna end? Because we know it's gonna drop at a certain point, and then we do drop, and then we try to kind of like fix it. You know, that's the emergency break. There's no need. There is no need to throw the emergency break. It, it's true. It feels unpleasant, or, or even more than that. But it's it's a safe experience. It's not a contradiction to your health, your well-being, the goodness of this world and everything in it, even if there's a response needed, an intervention needed. It's not the response of fixing the feeling. It's not a response of stopping the descent. We do not need to, dis- to stop the feelings. And, um, and that's really what we're talking about. That's kind of our intro. So I, I shared today's topic as, you know, what happens if I, what happens if I'm still stuck? Like, let's say I have a relationship 
What do I do then? Let's have a relationship with someone important in my life that there's strong feelings of negativity or there's some place in my life where there's, like I've come to, let's say I've understood something about how my internal world works. I know about moods and feelings. Um, I know that there's such a thing as kind of what's called the inside out, that, that this person is not shaping my feelings. But yet I have judgmental or resentful feelings towards this person. And they don't move on. They don't change. They don't seem to, I don't know how to, um, to soften them. And I can see that it's, a, it's an obstacle to a positive relationship or a, a positive influence. Like I'm, I've lost the ability to have a positive rapport or I've lost the ability to have a positive influence on this person. What do I, what, what do I do? And I, and I, I don't know how to exit that negative feeling and that negative dynamic of judgment and criticism. Well, I, I'm expressing, I'm sharing this topic because in, in a sense, it's very relevant to me. Um, and, and so I'm kind of exploring that. And here's what I see. Here's what I see about that topic when there's someone who I love and care for and yet feel uh, judgment in a way that I can see. It's like, you know, it's not ideal. It's not, it leaves me incapable of having a rapport or a positive influence. What do I do in that case? So here's what, here's what I see. I, first of all, I think it's helpful to acknowledge that there is such a thing as act as there are such things as behaviors that are inappropriate. If I'm seeing somebody toward whom I feel judgment or criticism, it's not, it's certainly reasonable that they're doing things that are not ideal or appropriate. It's not like one need to, one needs to um, pretend that there's not actual behaviors that people are doing. There are circumstances in our lives. People are doing things. There is such a thing as behavior that's, that's right and behavior that's not right, you know, inappropriate. So it's a, in my mind, it's appropriate to acknowledge just to kind of accept the idea that, yeah, it's true that there, it's not like I'm, I have to kind of whitewash something or pretend I don't see something or convince myself of something that I, I don't really believe. Now, that's step one, okay, step one. But step two is, okay, what the, what, what's the correlation between maybe inappropriate behavior and my feelings? Right? Is there is that a is that a, a, a kind of a, a clear cut cause effect? Inappropriate behavior means judgmental feelings. If there's no way for me to feel otherwise, there's no other way for me to feel. That's where I can affirm a simple truth. You know, to to be reminded, like no, these feelings, the perception of inappropriate behavior is reasonable, but the feeling of of annoyance, of judgment, of kind of condescension, that leads to ill feeling, lack of rapport, that, that's an indication that I've, um, I, I, I'm experiencing something other than their behavior. I'm experiencing my own internal experience. I'm experiencing my mood, my feelings. They're not, it, it, they can coexist. The fact that a person is doing inappropriate behavior and it's not the cause of my negative feelings doesn't mean that, um, the fact that I have negative feelings and the fact that this person is doing inappropriate behavior doesn't mean that one caused the other. Those two things are kind of 
true and unrelated. That's just the truth. That's just the way it works. So, so it's an opportunity for me for once, once again to affirm how feelings and moods work, right? It doesn't work from the outside in. And then I get to, you know, here's a couple, here's a couple more things. So I'm laying out a couple steps. Number one, it, it kind of validate the perception. Like, yeah, there's inappropriate behavior. Two, tell the truth about your feelings about it. The feeling's not coming from that inappropriate behavior. Step three, I would say is to me is, is kind of, you know, a very valuable theme, a very valuable truth, which is really a kind of a subset of this whole conversation. And that's gratitude. Gratitude is not the feeling grateful per se. It's the idea that there are already ways in our lives where we think and see and experience the world today that was different than a year ago, a month ago, even a week ago. There are ways in which new thought and feelings show up. There are ways in which we do, we are not consistently 100% of the time if let's say the challenge is feeling judgmental or critical towards someone, we're not always feeling that way. If I look at the place in my life where I'm finding kind of sticky judgmental annoyance that I would like to move on from, I, I, I would, it would be, it would be like, it would be a shame. It would be a shame to overlook the times and places where I don't feel those feelings where I do feel warmth. It is absolutely true that I do have feelings other than annoyance and judgmentalness. And that's, it would be a shame to overlook that. Truly, truly a shame. And it would be, in a sense, for me, I would view it as, a, as ingratitude. It would be in just a simple overlooking of a, of, a, of a truth. I do have warmer feelings, loving feelings, accepting feelings, not in a way that I overlook or pretend that the there's, there's no issues or challenges. It's just the idea that, um, isn't that fascinating? I really want to acknowledge that even with those, I, I see it in my own life. I have warm, loving, judge, non-judgmental feelings. Even as the whole kind of behavior hasn't disappeared, I do get those moments and even more than moments. So gratitude, the opportunity to appreciate there are new thoughts there are, it's not, I'm not always in the feeling of judgment or annoyance. It's just a simple, like, recognition of a truth. It's just a simple, simple uh, telling of a truth and, and, and gratitude. So that's, you know, that's number three for me, is kind of that gratitude. Number four is I also get to be accepting of the limits of my power. I, I have this feeling with some frequency, the judgmental, annoyed feeling. I have some glimpse that it's not directly resulting from this person's behavior, inappropriate as it might be. And yet I, I don't, I, I kind of want to affirm the truth that I, I don't possess the power to just transform it. It would certainly make the relationship in my life it would seem to make it easier if I had warmer, less judgmental feelings. But I want to accept the truth about where and how feelings come from, where they get, where they come from and how they get generated. They don't get generated from me. No matter how much I want something, no matter how clever I am about explaining myself something, it's still the case that I don't generate it. It's a gift. It's a gift and, and it's a powerful and a meaningful accomplishment 
to know and affirm that here I am in a place and a feeling that I don't like, and yet I acknowledge what's true about it. It's not in my hands to change. That's a tremendous accomplishment to it unto itself. That's number four. And then number five. Number five is, in my understanding, number five is, is prayer. If, it, if it's the case that I see that I lack the kind of perspective, the more consistent and deeper perspective with which to view a loved one that's struggling, if I see that I have a judge, judgmental, annoyed feelings, which I can acknowledge are are not absolutely required, they're not directly the they're, they're not like being created by the inappropriate behavior, um, and yet I don't have those warmer, consistent feelings. Then I can acknowledge, whoa, I I need this, and I don't have it, and there is an address for that. Jewish wisdom certainly says that it's not just about acknowledging kind of the way the world operates, the spiritual gravity of the universe. If there's a relationship, there's a, a personal experience of being in deficit on a regular basis. The creator of the universe did create each human being with deficits. Then to come to tell the truth about those deficits and then to express uh, uh, recognition I, I need help with those deficits. That's a great, great mission in this world. It's a great comp- accomplishment to tell the truth about our deficits, not to blame others, rather to acknowledge I, there's only one place where this deficit arises from. That's from the, the same place that everything arises from, just the source behind all life. I don't have the things that I feel I need to accomplish. I see that deficit. I'm not blaming my loved one. I'm not blaming my childhood. I'm not blaming. I'm, I'm acknowledging there's something missing that I need in my life right now. And then I turn to my creator and I say, you know, I know where this comes from. I know where it's, where it's not coming from. There's only one address. Please, please help me. I need this. There is no other place to turn than to you, my creator. You, the single simple source behind everything. So that's my understanding. I'll just do a quick review of those five points. You know, when I encounter um, a difficulty or difficult feelings towards someone's behavior, someone who I care about, someone who I I want to have a a warm and non-judging feeling, but I encounter consistent negative feelings. um, Step number one is to simply affirm, yeah, there's such a thing as inappropriate behavior. It's not like I have to pretend there isn't. Number two is, okay, but even if there's inappropriate behavior that doesn't have the power to shape my feelings, I can have clarity about inappropriate behavior and still feel warm and loving, even as it might express itself with limits or discipline. Who knows? But the loving and warm feeling is not, is not prevented by the inappropriate behavior. That's two. Number three is uh, gratitude. I'm not always feeling this way. It, let's not be an ingrate and think to, to myself, and I, I am speaking to myself, oh, it's never the case that I feel this way. It's, this is so difficult. How can I deal with this? What's going to be? It, it, it's, it's not true. It is not true. My feelings are not always in that state. Number four, to the degree that I can't move the feelings to a different place, there's a power of acceptance and a power of acceptance of this truth, the truth of what is truly powerful. And it's not me. That's a great accomplishment. And number five, if I have a deficit, 
and I do, and I my by design, my life will be with deficits. It's not a. It's so normal. It's so human. It's an opportunity for me to tell the truth about that deficit. I don't blame my the people, the person, the the childhood, the past, the parents. I acknowledge. You know, I know. I know where deficits come from. I know what. I know how things are get created. I know what's what's involved when something is not present. When something's not created, that's. There's only one address. That's the single simple source. And I turn to my creator and I say, please, I need help. I have a deficit. I know that there is only one address and it's, and it's you. Please, please help me.